This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Adam Ritz Show. My name is Adam Ritz, and in studio we have our friend Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. How's it going? It is going great, and it's good to be back here in the studio. It's the uh, first studio visit you and I have had for quite some time. Our face-to-face shows, uh, according to our listeners, are their favorites. So um, thank you to our listeners. Uh, There are so many of them coast-to-coast. This show is a a nationally syndicated show, and we want to thank all of our uh, affiliates and listeners for for tuning in on an early Sunday morning. Most of our stations air the show on Sunday morning. Uh, it is taped because uh, you and I, there's no chance you and I could have gotten up on a Sunday morning to do no. this live. So uh, just full disclosure, we are taping this show um, at, a, at an earlier date. <laughs> <laughs> at an undisclosed location in a bunker. Uh, uh, yes, it was described to me that this is a national treasure of public affairs. It, so it I really do feel like we're doing some good work here, Adam. If you're new to the show, we, we try to take a little fun look at some of the public affairs issues that touch uh, on us as Americans, uh, charity work, foundation work, health and fitness uh, awareness. And I want to start with uh, talk about health and fitness. Uh, a couple of gentlemen who have uh, celebrated uh, a, a milestone in their life over the age of 100. Uh, we go to Oregon to begin with a gentleman named Roy Bean. Uh, apologies, Roy, if I mispronounce your last name. Could be Bine, B-I-E-H-N, B-I-E-H-N. I'm going to say Bine, Roy Bine. Uh, fought in World War II, and he just celebrated his 102nd birthday. How about that? Wow, happy birthday. Um, He has a Purple Heart. Uh, He is uh, living in the Woodburn Estates, and uh, he's celebrated 102 years. It's just unbelievable to think about uh, that age. Uh, Our second gentleman, not quite as old, but uh, I guess once you reach the 100s, you're right there. His... uh, it's 101 years old is the age we're talking about here. Another World War II veteran. He celebrated an accomplishment this uh, last week that was 80 years in the making. His name is Fred Taylor, and he finally took part in his college graduation at Cornell College uh, eight decades after he got his degree in music. He missed his own graduation because he was drafted into the military to, and fought in World War II. And so 80 years later, um, his family worked it out, surprised him, bought him a plane ticket, took him to Cornell College. He walked across the stage and got his degree. That's great. At age 101. So which one's more, uh, I guess at at age 101, everybody that's lived to age 101, I wonder what the percentage of them that make it to 102. So each accomplishment – I think is outrageously fantastic. Oh, it really is. And uh, I always enjoy when they uh, talk to these guys and say, what are some of your secrets? Because, you know, you think they're going to give you some, I only eat raw yogurt every morning or whatever. (laughs) I just love it when they give you some down to earth thing, like just be a happy person, you know, because these guys have lived a life. 
And you went back to the fact that they had both served in World War II, and you think about what, how much of a debt we owe to this generation to have fought in that war. I mean, that's pretty amazing stuff. So there's so many horrible stories that came out of it, but stories of hope. These guys are survivors, and life did go on. It is. Uh, I love hearing the stories of um, of people that go back to either finally graduate or get their degree or diploma at a, at a later age. Uh, my best friend uh, went to the University of Wisconsin, and uh, his father graduated with him from the University of Wisconsin. They both walked across the stage, uh, one after the other. Obviously, they had the same last name, so alphabetically they were right next to each other. And I believe uh, he has since passed, uh, Mr. Holcomb, but I believe he was about 60, he was 67 or 68 years old when he, when he graduated. Uh, and the local news in Madison, Wisconsin covered the story. Um, they covered it kind of like, do you remember the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? Oh, yes. It's a classic. So Rodney, you know, is an older gentleman and he's, he's in college and he, you know, he gives the, the speech at the, at the end of the movie at the graduation. Uh, that movie was filmed at the University of Wisconsin. Oh, in Madison. That's the campus they used for the, all the backdrops in that movie. So there was kind of a back-to-school Rodney Dangerfield approach to how the local news covered the story. It was like a real-life back-to-school. Uh, in this situation, Mr. Holcomb uh, was like nine credits short of graduating in 1951, and he just never went back. And when his son, John Jr., my best friend, went to school there, uh, John talked him into taking those last three classes. Right. So we did them, you know, remotely, I think through the mail. This was pre-internet. Uh, took the classes through the mail at, um, through the admissions office of University of Wisconsin-Madison and was able to get those last nine credits. And he walked across the, the stage at like age 68. That's great. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. All right. This is the Adam Rich Show. We're underwritten by Vibonomics. You can learn more at Vibonomics.com, an audio marketing company. And uh, they do a lot of voice work. And I don't think I could... Uh, get hired by them today. I feel like there's a little frog in my throat. Do you hear that? Or is that just me? Well, we're getting a little <laughs> little older. Both you and I speak for a living. And sometimes when I hear some of my stuff back on tape, I'm like going, who is that guy and who let him in his studio? You know? So yeah, I think we all, uh, we get a little less edge as we age, you know? Well, so I got, you know, I'm, I, maybe it's because I'm channeling a 102 year old, uh, World War II vet, and this is what uh, my voice is going to sound like when I'm 100 years old next year. Okay, what's happening, Jay? Well, Memorial Day, which is the unofficial start of summer, it's right around the corner. We always do like to talk a little bit about some holidays and what they mean to us, but uh, we talked a little bit about how Memorial Day is very important to honor those that gave all while serving our country. But let's take a little look at what this means for summer travel. It looks like there's going to be about 42 million Americans will be traveling 50 miles or more for the Memorial Day weekend. That's up 7% over last year, or about 2.7 million more travelers. The reason why I always like to look and break down numbers, because it really does tell you kind of what you're looking at uh, in a sense of numbers as we move forward, because I think our country 
is really so excited to be post-COVID. I mean, it's True. almost like, get me in that car. I don't care if I have to drive 50 miles. Get me to that airport. I've got to go visit. I've got to take that family vacation. In fact, uh, what the main they think that the three main travel destinations from air are going to be, oh, where are my notes? Uh, one was Orlando. One was uh, New York, and the other was Las Vegas. So people are itching to get out the door. And as we know, in Orlando, my goodness, it's just so amazing what's happened in Orlando. Tourist uh, destination uh, for the entire planet. I mean, uh, you you were just at at Disney World. I go there quite often. When you're there, you can see international travelers. And as much as we want to complain about the costs of going to Disney World, um, you got to think, wow, I'm glad I didn't have to pay the prices from Tokyo or ha- Hamburg. Yes. Or there's so many. Disney World in Orlando is so popular in Germany. I, I feel like I see more people from Germany walking around the Mouse's Castle than I do from Michigan. <laughs> I do not disagree. And, I, you know, someday we may have to do a show on it. But aren't you amazed that the poll for the Orlando area, because you have obviously Disney World, that's the big one. Universal. You've got Universal, and then so many other ancillary SeaWorld. attractions have grown yeah. up around it because they know after your kids have gone upside down 300 miles per hour at Universal, of course they want to see a big fish. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so for sure. It's just amazing. Uh, and I, I guess, uh, a la Las Vegas, just seems to be timeless. They always figure out some new way to and you know to entertain. So there seems to be a never-ending stream of people that will go to Las Vegas. But I'm amazed at Orlando and you think Memorial Day might be a little toasty for some parents they're itching to get out of the house and bring their kids down to Disney World. You mentioned toasty. Uh don't make me laugh. Uh, taking my kids when they were younger to Disney World in July and August. Oh, oh my gosh. Talk about toasty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's where I developed my um, philosophies and uh, pet peeves on grown men wearing tank tops. Uh, I, there's something, when I see a grown man, I don't know what the age cutoff is for me. A little kid in a tank top is fine. But in August, when it's 100 degrees, if you're a 45-year-old man and you're wearing a tank top, I don't, I don't want to see it or smell it. Put a shirt on. So what you're saying is there's a specific dress code that you'd like to see, national dress code. This is your public service announcement from the Public Affairs Show, where if you are a grown man, wear a, a t- at least a T-shirt with full sleeves. I'm not saying you have to wear a sweater or a right. jacket or long sleeves. Just I, I don't want to see your armpits. I don't want to smell your armpits. You I don't just, want to see the sweat rolling down your you deltoid. Just don't want to see that. Okay. You used to be just we'd worry about white belts. Remember, it was white belts only from Memorial Day <laughs> to Labor Day. But now we have to worry about the tank top. And tank you are top. correct. It really doesn't bring uh, your best fashion foot forward, as we like to say. And, of course, the cousin of the tank top is that uh, that undershirt tank top. That's especially heinous because it's ribbed and it kind of clings to you. Oh, yeah. I occasionally see that being worn as outerwear, and I'm thinking, uh, yeah. yeah, go review that. 
Now, you mentioned summer travel. Uh, I, I Post-COVID, people are still itching to get out. I, I think the uh, airline prices are also helping you know, the busy highway system because, I, to me, I used to – six hours was my – was my limit right? If it was a longer than a than a six hour drive, I would fly. And now I feel like uh, every time I look at airline tickets, they are twice as expensive as they used to be just a few years ago. So I, now I, I just went to uh, New Orleans uh, a month ago. We drove. It was a yes. It was a twelve and a half hour drive, and it was more cost effective. I mean, by far, to buy two hundred dollars worth of gasoline. Rather than uh, fly, it was like a four hundred dollar plane ticket one way each. So for two people, that was sixteen hundred dollars to yes. fly to New Orleans. That's crazy. So with those kind of prices in mind, and with the uh, travel nature of of a big holiday weekend like Memorial Day this weekend, uh, just keep in mind of being aware of uh, your speeds, your uh, uh, alertness, your attentiveness, your distracted driving. Don't text and drive. If you're tired, pull over, get a hotel room. Uh, and by all means, of course, you know, don't drink and drive. But sometimes if you're at a, a cookout and you just have a beer or a couple and you think I'm fine, maybe you're not. So just keep a, all those safety measures in mind this weekend as you travel and the rest of the summer. Yeah, I'm absolutely on board with you about that. Now, uh, here's something interesting. A number of Mother's Day cards got returned in the mail because the U.S. Postal Service says that it encountered a surge of fake stamps. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to guess why they got returned. Isn't that the best? Fake stamps. The machinery that sorts mail can detect when the stamp is not the real McCoy. And unfortunately, a lot of mail got kicked out as, hey, this is not real postage. Apparently, there was a slew of of inexpensive uh, ads for postage. Seemed a little too good to be true. It was scammers were offering a great price on a book of stamps. Turned out many of those were fake. The USPS says you should only buy stamps at the post office or from approved vendors. There actually are vendors out there that will offer you a deal, but it has to be sanctioned by the post office. Yeah, uh, pharmacies, grocery, drugstores. I know uh, between CVS and Walgreens, I buy stamps there uh, right at the cash register. And if you find a website that is selling stamps, you might have just bought a, a $20 book of stickers. Oh, yes. Um, they were attractive stickers, but they're just stickers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. And then here's the other footnote to this story that I, I was kind of amazed by. Letters or packages with counterfeit postage will be considered abandoned per post office rules, meaning that the post office can open or destroy it if necessary. So think about if you sent something of a emotional or real value to your mom. Now, I'm sure the post office is not, there's not some malicious character back there rubbing his hands together. I can't wait to destroy (laughs) this package. But you know that potentially, you know, something that you wanted mom to have. Yeah, especially like uh, a drawing from her grandkids. Yes. You know, some, some real emotional, sentimental crayon drawing. Maybe even a drawing that you found that you did for your own mom when you were a kid and you send it to her across country. And like you said, there's some 
evil postal guy in the back room that's lighting it on fire because it was sent with a sticker instead of a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we uh, always love when celebrities get engaged to raise money for charities. Recently, they just had the tenth annual Reliant Hold a Home. Wait, so are you are you saying or, that they that they're engaged in their community, or you're saying they actually got engaged to be married to raise money for charity? That's interesting. You know, that's a small peccadillo, but one that we have to explore. That's one reason to get married: love, family. No, let's raise money for charity. Will you marry me? <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, and I go back. I'm old school, and I apologize ahead of time. But And he's obviously mellowed to the point where he's absolutely hilarious. But Charles Barkley was the one of the first athletes to go, role model? I ain't no role model. And right. it was like he really put his foot down. Yeah. And part of it was because, you know, he was seen clearly – Athletes really get revered to the point where they can do whatever they want. You know, it's like I drove through the drove through the car wash backwards and uh, drove his car into the pond, and mm-hmm. he did this. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know, he was clearly seeing we were turning an eye to what professional athletes did, and he said, "I don't want to be considered a role model because I don't want that pressure on me." Yeah, that's a job for your par- for the parents. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting now. Athletes obviously have to realize, you know, with a certainly merchandise alone, uh, when you see the number one sa- selling a jersey or basketball uh, jersey or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just love it when the uh, when the celebs come out uh, or the athletes come out because it, it it just people love to see them sometimes in a way uh, that they're not used to seeing them and the. Uh, Frisco, Texas, Reliant Home Run Derby, they get a lot of star players from Texas and a lot of Dallas Cowboys stars, and uh, they raised $113,000 with this Home Run Derby, and basically it's the same Home Run Derby setup that they do for the All-Star Game. For sure. Uh, They have a, a machine that can pitch if you want it to. Or you can get your celebrity pitchers. One of the celebrity pitchers was Trayvon Diggs, who's a uh, defensive back for the Dallas Cowboys. And people <laughs> were raising a fuss with Trayvon Diggs because they said nobody threw worse than they'd ever seen in their lives. They, that's going back to Little League. And Diggs was loving it. He was laughing like crazy because he couldn't even get the ball over the plate about half the time. But once again, a celeb stepping up. Yeah. And people are saying, hey, there's a guy from the Dallas Cowboys. And it's just, you know, and he's making guys mad. Because they can't hit a <laughs> they home can't run. Hit the he's, home he's throwing run. left-handed. He's doing all he can. <laughs> well, this is, <laughs> he's doing what he can. And this is a great story. When I saw this, I thought, this is right up your alley and see if I'm looking at this properly. There is an organization in Tampa Bay, and you love Florida. Mm-hmm called 13 ugly men have you ever heard of it this i i i don't want to act like a know-it-all i but is that are this is this the group of guys that got together to, to, and did a dance just to embarrass their daughters and then it took off and now they do it and they perform coast to coast is that the same group not the same okay. group but the same idea uh these guys got together they were uh, college friends and uh, their main motto is party with a purpose. 
Okay. And so what they have done is they work inside the community, and they just recently had a huge uh, party with a purpose to benefit Phoenix House, Florida, helping with opiate addiction issues for adults and teens. And uh, over the last uh, few years, they have raised over $2 million. In how many years? Two years? Over the last two okay. years, yeah, over $2 million. They currently have 31 members. So the 13 ugly men became 31 ugly men. They have a 0% administration fee. So meaning that every penny that they raise goes straight to these charities. And, and uh, the very, very cool organization. Obviously, uh, you know, this show gets played nationally, so you may or may not be able to get down to Tampa Bay. But if you have someone down in the Tampa Bay area, it's 13, the, the number 13, uglymen.com. I am going to check that out for sure. Um, but a great organization. And like you and I have talked about, is there a way to keep it fun, but then to add a purpose and to it? And add a purpose. Yeah. And they had a derby party, so I'm sure their derby party was complete with, you know, the big hats and mint juleps and, you know, wear your nicest blazer kind of yeah. thing. And so... Very cool. But I love the name, 13 Ugly Men. 13. I can't believe that .com was available. <laughs> yeah. You, how, how could that have not been available? Now, if you were in a drive through line, you already know that, you know, you're facing some potential problems, not the least of which, if you drive into a drive-up line that has more than one lane, mm -hmm. have you ever noticed people getting really testy with you? I, there's been some fights. Uh, <laughs> almost happened. Uh at my expense, and I didn't try. I didn't try to pick the faster lane. I right. just did. And right. when that lane goes, jumps two cards ahead of the guy that got there before me that was in the other lane, and he's in a pickup truck twice the size as my car. Then I, I, there's some there's some honking and yelling. Yeah. Well, that's the reason why I bring this up. <laughs> uh, Wendy's is testing out an artificial intelligence chat bot that will actually run the drive-through lane at Wendy's. Now, a couple other companies have done this, but Wendy's sort of jumped officially into the fray, and they're teaming up with uh, Google because Google, you know, there's an arms race to create artificial intelligence. And we've talked a little bit on this show. People are very concerned about artificial intelligence. Yeah because it can literally put words into people's mouths. You, the so-called deep fake is if you feed a bunch of footage of a public figure into this computer, and then this computer learns its speech habits, all of a sudden now this person is saying, uh, get rid of all milk in America. And yeah. it sounds just like the person's making that proclamation. AI will destroy the planet eventually. It, it is... Everybody, I think everybody agrees. At some point, it will, Earth will cease to exist due to AI. And I don't know if that's, I'm not saying that's going to be in the next seven years or 700 years, but there's no way that AI can't somehow at some point be intuitive enough to figure out we don't need humans. And it scares the hell out of me. Yes. But if it somehow can help me get a Baconator faster now, so be it. There you go. <laughs> 
and then get in that ultra-aggressive line. Yeah, I do have to laugh. If you uh, are hearing our show and you go regularly to a fast food location that has multiple lanes, uh, our saying is just be patient. It's not worth going to war over a breakfast sandwich with some guy in a pickup truck. Oh, it yeah. really isn't. Be patient. Just let him go. Yeah, absolutely. I yep. was looking at it this way too. If you know, life is not easy. It is uh, nothing's easy. It is hard. There are things that go wrong every day in your life. Things go wrong, and if you're starting your day with that breakfast sandwich and you pick the wrong line and the other line's going faster. That's good news. That's a yes. good thing. That means that's your thing that went wrong that day. So later on, things, not everything's going to go wrong. Some things are going to go wrong. That just went wrong for you. Now everything's going to go right for you the rest of the day. You raise a great point. Plus, you know, you and I love the guy that does the total boneheaded thing, but then tells you the story like, wait till I tell you what I did. So if your coworker goes, yeah. I got in a fist fight over a guy for a McMuffin, you'd be like, this is not a good story. You need to review where your life is going that you got in a fist fight over yeah. a breakfast sandwich. You think you're in the right, but all you did was just reveal to your person that you're telling this story to that you're a jerk. Yeah. That, that you're not you're not a nice person. You have some anger. What issues. is the so any more details on how AI is going to be uh so in the drive-through at Wendy's, so well, basically, here, it's just going to be humanless. It's well, be actually, a humanless experience. Well, actually, you touched on two of the big topics on this. Now, as of about a year ago, this chatbot technology was only about seventy-nine percent accurate. So that meant there were twenty percent plus errors in the whole chatbot ability to ascertain what you were telling it and what it needed to do to respond to you. So that number's pretty high. Now, obviously, we're a year past, so we're probably doing a little bit better. But you touched on the biggest fear. Many people are not necessarily afraid of ordering from a robot, but the biggest concern is that there will be no human involvement, and that will be, as you said, a problem on many levels, employment being one. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know that there are some more complex issues. It's one thing to order a breakfast sandwich. You and I have had the great opportunity of being able to fly on occasion. Well, you know sometimes you have to chat with somebody at the gate or at the ticket counter. If you were talking to a robot, you and I both know it might not be a satisfactory conclusion to what we want. The robot won't be as charmed with that Jay no. Baker personality, and you won't get the exit row. Well, now with the gray hair and the beard, you know, now people are really, when they go, can I help you? They mean it. Now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Before real. it was just like, oh, we got to say this. Now it's like, sir, are you going to be okay? Can you get up to the counter on your own? Do I need to get an attendant? Yeah, I think I can make it. Hold on. I'll be right there. So I'm thinking in the in the drive-through at Wendy's with AI taking your order. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the future, your your smartphone. I mean, they're doing this now in in some regard where you're geotagged. You know, find my friends. I mean, you can look at right. look at your phone and find out where your kids are uh, across town on a map. Um, the AI is going to know who you are by your geotagged phone that you have. And it's going to know your health habits, your eating habits, 
and maybe even your cholesterol level from being able to get your your doctor's records. So when you order that Baconator, <laughs> could the box say back to you, Adam, how about a salad? <laughs> maybe it was so funny. How about a salad and, and a water? Hey, listen, I'd like a little extra bacon on my Baconator. Not today, Bob. Negative. You will get a salad and be happy. No cheese for you. No cheese. Or bacon. All the cheese you'll ever need. No, that's a great point. And then you and I know that uh, uh, I'm going to guess that the chat bot will have to be specially tuned for the after 10 p.m. drive-through crowd. Because as I age, as we all get older in America, there are you know, and once again, I do try to limit my fast food as we all do, but we do have our fast food favorites. And I know with, with one of my favorite fast food places, uh, Taco Bell, which, you know, is, of course, legendary with this show. But I always notice about half the time the Taco Bell drive through is open till 2 a.m. I really feel for the Taco Bell employees dealing with anybody in a drive through at 1 a.m. Oh, yeah, I'm sure someone out there will tell me, well, a nurse is trying to get to her third shift job, and I go, absolutely. But two cars down from the nurse is a carload of guys that can't even string together a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you feel so bad. That's when you need chatbot to get aggressive. <laughs> Deploy phasers. Oh my gosh, that's when it becomes that's when AI becomes self-aware and just starts picking off humans. That's when chatbot goes rogue at 1 a.m. at a Taco Bell. You know, you know it'd be great as if they could get uh Dave Thomas, the famed owner and founder of Wendy's who is no longer with us, if they used his voice. In the drive-thru. Hi, welcome to Wendy's. This is Dave Thomas. May I help you? Or why not, you know, not just Dave Thomas, but have uh, Christopher Walken or a real recognizable voice like right. Sean Connery. Yes. No. <laughs> Welcome you. you. Welcoming you to uh, Frostyland. This is Sean Connery. Can I take your order? Well, you Let's raise have some a great fun. point. Yeah. If the world is going to end with AI, we might as well have some fun. I think we should just have some fun. All right, just a few seconds left here, Jay. Uh, uh, anything you want to uh, get off your chest now, or can can it wait till next week? We we can wait till next week. I am just pleased that we got together uh, in the same studio. We hadn't done that for a while, and I'm excited that people uh, have been utilizing the Adam Rich Show as their way to stay in touch with, I think, many topics that are beneficial. To all of America. That, that is true. Now, happy uh, Memorial Day weekend to you. Drive yes. safe if you're on a road trip, and we'll talk to you soon. You can learn more on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics audio out-of-home marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.